Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I'm Allie Wolf, a TV news reporter taking on my biggest assignment yet motherhood. Get ready to feel inspired and connected as we explore the journey into mom life. This is the Mom's Calling Podcast. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. Like literally, you can take or pick or choose what you want to expose your child to, what you want to teach your child. You want to do gentle parenting or it's just so many different options out there. And I don't want moms to feel so overwhelmed. They're like, I'm not doing enough. Hello and welcome to another episode of Mom's Calling. You just heard from today's guest, Yatunde Dan. I'm excited to get to that conversation. But first, a huge thank you to everyone who's listening, subscribing, and sharing the show. This is really a passion project, and I really appreciate all the support. And with that, a little announcement. I have a new Instagram for the show. It is at Mom's Calling Podcast. I'd love to connect with you there. Now let's get to Yatunde. She has over 10 years of experience as a childcare provider, working in preschools, elementary, middle, and high schools as well. She now has a six-month-old and runs an educational Instagram and blog full of great information on child development and baby care. In this conversation, we discuss the challenges of navigating the many schools of thought and strong opinions in parenting. We also talk about speaking and bonding with your baby and giving yourself time to learn and shift your identity as you become a mom. Yatunde also opens up about a heartbreaking miscarriage she had before having her daughter. I hope you enjoy this honest and informative conversation. Yatunde, welcome to Mom's Calling. I'm so happy to have you today. Thank you, Ali. I am so happy to be here. So I love all of the baby and child development tips and nuggets that you share. And I want to get to all that, but I'm wondering if we can start a little bit with your personal story and how you became a mom. I know you have a little one at home. Okay. Well, it started um, 2019. That was when I found out that I was pregnant with my first baby, August 2019. I don't think I will ever forget that date because I was so in shock. I didn't think it would be quote unquote, easy for me to get pregnant on my own without some type of intervention from the um, doctor. So with my first pregnancy, I was indeed very shocked. So um, when I lost that pregnancy due to like um, a week service that caused preterm labor, you know, of course I was so scared. I didn't even know what that was. I didn't know what that meant for me for like future pregnancies. And I know I always wanted to be a mom. So that was like a huge dilemma for me. Like, am I going to be able to carry full term? What does this mean? What's going on? I went on Facebook and I joined a few miscarriages and um, baby loss support groups because honestly, I just didn't know what to do at that point. And I just needed someone to talk to that kind of understood that grief that I was going through. The groups helped Yatunde grieve and connected her with other women who also lost pregnancies due to a weak cervix. She learned about a surgery that would ultimately allow her to carry a baby full term. She found a specialist and hope. I trusted my gut. I was like, you know what? All of Because I, I prayed about it. I was like, you know what? If this is what I'm meant to do, it's just going to like, all the doors are just going to open easily. There's not going to be any issues. It's just going to happen very easily. And literally that's how the surgery happened for me. But I also think that it's really brave of you after going through such a traumatic thing to advocate for yourself and to find a solution. And as a result, you were able to have a baby, right? Yes, I did so much research. That, that was the only thing that literally was making me feel better at that point. Like just yeah. reading, 
that there is hope, that there is something that I can do, researching from these, um, hearing the experience from the other ladies. It was just what really helped me just keep moving forward and keep pushing through because when you're working with kids, everything just seemed a little bit more intense. Like the love that I felt like the mom was showing her kids just seemed a little bit more intense. Or when I was at Walmart and I would hear a child calling for their mom, all that just kind of seemed really intense at that moment for me. So Mm. just researching and having something to look forward to was what helped me just to keep pushing forward and being like, you know what, this is what I want. This is what I'm going to get. And I'm just going to keep working at it and just doing it. And if it's meant to happen, it will happen. I think that's such a great lesson in a reaching out to other women out there. And that is a good thing about social media and the internet is that you can find people going through what you're going through. And then you actually, you know, were able to find a solution and advocate for yourself. So how soon after did you get pregnant again and have your daughter? Yes. So I did the surgery March of 2020 and then I got pregnant in June. I wasn't expecting it to be like, you know, that back to back because I felt like my body just went through so much. Like I was pregnant first and then I lost the baby and then I did a surgery and then I got pregnant again. So like your body is really it's, it's amazing what it can do. So amazing what it can do. After years working as a child care provider and educator, Yatunde is now educating other moms through her website and Instagram baby brightest. There's some things that you posted that I really love. One of those things is that you wrote, you don't need a million toys at the end of the day. Really these babies and these children just really want your love. So I'm wondering if you can speak about that and your perspective on that. It's literally true. You don't need a million and one toys for your kids because one, the more toys you have, the more likely they're not going to play with it. It's overwhelming. It's too overstimulating. Parents always feel like, you know, I I just need to buy, 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 you know? And that kind of like turns kids away. And you'll notice that instead of like a regular toy, your kids want to play with boxes or a bottle or pans Mm -hmm. and spoons. They want to play with actual things. So, you know, that's what I mean by that. Like you really don't need a million and one toy. Like even now, Zoe has like maybe about, that's my daughter's name, Zoe. She has Mm -hmm. about like four or five toys that we kind of like just rotate every once in a while. Just to not overwhelm her with like just too many things or like too many options, you know? Yeah, no, I think that's really important to remember. It seems really simple, but when you're preparing for a baby, when you have a baby, it's like you think you need to have everything that they need. When at the end of the day, it's the same thing with my daughter. You know, she just, she loves my cell phone, which isn't the Mm -hmm. best thing for her to play with, but it's like, (laughs) she likes cords and I try to fight her on it. But a lot of times, like you feel as though you have to get all these toys, but that's not really what they need. No. Yes. All they really want is just your attention. They want that interaction with you. They want that love. Even And sometimes, sometimes I do feel bad. Sometimes I just have like a lazy day and I just want to like her to just sit next to me and just like play while I'm just like relaxing, scrolling on Instagram or something. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and that's fine too. But for the most part, you know, they just want you to interact with them. Like I'm always talking to Zoe, like always, my husband looks at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> like, <laughs> 
I talk to her like she understands, you know, because I want her to get used to that. I want her to understand, like, I'm a very vocal mom. I want you to be vocal with me. I want you to tell me, you know, so there's no other way to do that, but to like start doing it now so that they're used to it, you know? Yes. I think that is such a good thing to keep in mind because sometimes I feel a little crazy when you just don't know what's going to come out of your mouth. You're just like talking through what you're doing, but it is good for the baby, right? It's good for them to hear the talking, even though they can't talk back. They, I like to think they're internalizing it, right? Yes, they definitely are. They're like feeling the emotions. They're feeling like, you know, what it is that you're you're saying because I remember this one time I will never forget I was like holding Zoe like and I was just like oh you're so special to me you're so I love you so much and she's looking like she feels those words you know she's looking like she's about to cry (laughs) I think she's just like emotion I think she's just an emotional baby but it was so it was just so funny because I'm looking at her like you understand what I'm saying do you like you understand that that pull that you know you know they Mm -hmm. they do understand they they um you know, that that's how they learn. Like, yeah, that, that's really how they learn. When you see some kids who talk so much at the age of like one, you're just like, you know, and most of the time it's because their parents like talk to them all the time or they have siblings that talk to them all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I remember when I was doing crazy research when my baby was really young and I, I saw this video and it was, I think it was a doctor or some, some expert. And they said, pretend you're a sportscaster and you're doing a play-by-play. You're going to the change the diaper and now I'm getting another diaper and now I'm doing this and doing that. And I thought that was such a good way of thinking about it because sometimes you don't know what to say to your baby when they're so mm-hmm. little, but if you just say what you're doing, it's, that's a great way to yeah. do it too. Right. It is. It definitely is. Um, you can do the play by play or you can just do regular things. Like let's say she's being fussy because she wants to eat or her dad, she wants her dad to carry her. And I'll say like, Oh, Zoe, you're upset because daddy's not playing with you, huh? Tell them, mm-hmm. tell them how you feel. Let them know you're feeling, you know, just mm-hmm. things like that. Just always encouraging her to be like, Oh, is that how you're feeling? Is that and then my yes. husband is just looking at me like, <laughs> and I'm just like, is that how you're feeling? Tell them how you're feeling. Tell them this, tell them that. Oh, look, is that the sky? Oh, look, it's a bus. Yeah. Just whatever it is. Cause you know, everything is new to them. You know, they're yeah. approaching this world. They've never seen some of these things before. So you might be used to it, but for them, it's like, Ooh, what's that? Ooh, this is, you know? So it's just mm-hmm. like, always just like point to things and you know, have conversations, something you, you know, whatever it is. I think that's a great way to look at it too. And I think that something that's so beautiful about having a baby is that you see this tiny human who's seeing everything for the first time. And for us, you know, oh, that's boring. It's a pillow. It's a, it's a couch, it's a remote, but to them, it's so exciting because it's the first time. And so seeing Mm -hmm. it through their eyes is, is really cool. Yes, it is. On a more serious note, I think that it can also be challenging to connect with your baby when they can't communicate back. So I'm wondering if you can speak on this about, you know, ways to connect with your baby. Um, cause it's not always easy. I mean, I think mm-hmm. it's easy to say like you could do a play by play and talk about things, but it can be hard sometimes, especially when you're exhausted. Yeah, it definitely can. I remember when I when Zoe first came home, I didn't, you know, that connection that they're like, oh, you just, you just feel the connection right off the jump. No, it's really mm-hmm. not like that. And I read other late, um, other moms who said the same thing, like sometimes it takes time. And I experienced that it does take time. Sometimes I was just like, okay, you're here. 
who are you? You don't know who I am. <laughs> you know, it's like two people meeting for the first time. It can be nervous before in the beginning. And then it's like you, as days go by, as weeks go by, you guys get to know each other more. They get, to, they become comfortable with you. You become comfortable with them. So just definitely give yourself grace. You know, don't be mm. so hard on yourself. I always tell parents this because I feel like moms can be so, so hard on themselves. Like, please don't be so hard on yourself. You know, it's natural. It's it's natural for you to not know what, what you're doing. Like it's completely natural in the beginning. It, it, It doesn't come with like, even with me having so much experience working with newborns and toddlers. And when she was here, I was just like, oh, okay. You know, yeah, more so I was kind of not being selfish, but I just kind of felt like, oh, you know, I'm a mom now, I'm a wife. And I I just feel like there's nothing that's just like, you know, just me, like back in the day, me, like, Mm -hmm. you know, I can't just wake up and go like how my husband can. I just, I kind of felt a little stuck. So all of that plays in it. Like just give yourself that, that grace period. It's going to happen. You're not going to, you're not going to fall right into it and be like an expert with your child. No, you're going to have to get to know your child. Your child's going to have to get to know you. It's like any other relationship, you know, it takes time. It takes, you know, being intentional. It takes, you know, all of that. So just, just give yourself time. I, I think that's such a good message because I think that we have this image of moms who have their baby and their baby is put in their arms and that instant love and connection. And I think that obviously, you know, the love is there, but sometimes it will take time because not only are you first getting to know your baby, you, like you said, you just met, but also you're kind of saying goodbye to your former self. And I know that, Mm -hmm. you know, we're the same people when we, we become mothers, but at the same time, it is, it changes you so much. It kind of expands who you are, but you can't do things the same way. You can't just get out of the house. And especially Mm -hmm. if you're breastfeeding or, you know, your sole caretaker for your baby, you are responsible and you can't do the things you used to do. And so I think those two things really make it very challenging to become a mom. Yeah. I know that's what I definitely struggled with. Like every time I was upset or I was moody, it was usually because I felt like not stuck, but I was just like, oh, I can't, you know, I remember telling my husband like, oh, I'm only 27. I still, you know, I still want to like go and just, you know, but like I said, just, you know, be patient with yourself. You're going to have those feelings. It's the hormones. It's the reality mm. of the situation. It's everything that has to play with it. So definitely give yourself grace and be gentle with yourself. Don't be so hard on yourself. Don't feel like oh, this mom is doing so much better or, oh, this mom baby doesn't cry or, oh, this mom is, sleep. you know, every yes. baby is different. So definitely don't try to compare your baby with somebody else, baby, or your mothering with somebody else. And it's, it's going to be different. You know, just take your time, sit on your lane, do what's best for you and your child and your household. And things will start to click. It might not happen right away, but it will, you know? Yeah, no, I think that's so true. I think it's the expectation that you have for yourself as a parent. And it's hard to know as a first time mom, what you're going to be like and how parenting is going to come to you. And also, you know, this world, like we said, there's the great aspect of social media with your journey and what you went through, but there's also the tough part because people post their best moments. They're going to post that cute smiley moment and their kid is happy, but nobody, I mean, I I wouldn't want to post when my daughter's crying, but that doesn't mean that it doesn't happen. I think that we need to remember that, right? 
Yes, definitely. I then want to get back to some of these child development topics, because one of the things that I saw you write about was the cries. And that was something that when I first had my daughter, Valerie, she would cry and they would say, oh, you have to learn the different cries. One cry is hungry. One cry is tired. One cry is this and that. So do you have any advice or information about how to figure that out? Because I found that really difficult, but I think mm-hmm. maybe it's part of just learning your your child and giving yourself time as well. But I'm wondering what you think about that. Yes, it's definitely about just giving yourself time to know your child. Um, I do believe that there are certain cries that you can distinguish to tell like, oh, okay, this is her hungry cry. This is her I'm sleepy cry. And for Zoe, Honestly, she's not really the biggest, like, she doesn't really cry that much unless there's like, you know, she's hungry or something. And um, her cry is more like a fake cry. So I can always tell that's her, that's her, oh, I'm hungry cry. So like you said, it's all about knowing your child. Like, you'll know when your child is hungry. You'll be like, oh, I know that cry. This is, I'm hungry cry. You might not get it right away in the beginning. You might need to be like, oh, are you hungry? Oh, no, I'm not hungry. Do you have a wet diaper? Okay, no, you don't have a wet diaper. Oh, do you just want me to hold you and rock you? And that might just be what it is. Or do you need a burp? That just might, you know, most of the time it's just gas. Oh yeah. In the you know, so in the beginning, you know, and right. I think also like the trial and error in the beginning, it's like, okay, you're going to have to go through the checklist of like mm-hmm. hunger, tired, gassy, yeah. diaper. Yes. yes. You're not going to know it right away. You're not. It's, it, it, all babies are different. You know, every baby cries are different, but you, you're so special because you will get to know what your child cries is like you, at some point you will know, you know, you'll be like, oh, okay, I get it by six, seven months or so, you know, just give yourself time. Yeah. And I love how you said, oh, it, she has a fake cry. And I totally <laughs> noticed that too, when my daughter puts on that fake cry. And sometimes, you know, I wonder, it's like, is this a manipulation? But, you know, I know she's not, she doesn't know what that even means. Yeah. But, you know, how do you, how do you deal with some of these behavioral things? Because I know between you know, your daughter and your experience with young children, you know, I think there's a fine line between wanting to give your child a lot of love, but also teaching boundaries and saying no. And how do you go Mm -hmm. about that? Yeah. So I'm sure you, like you've probably read all the time, like, oh, you can never spoil an infant. You can never give your infant enough love, which is very much true. Saying no and, 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 and forming boundaries is just part of like the whole communication skills practice thing. There's, there's a way that you go about it based on their, their age, of course, as an infant, of course, if she's like chewing on something, you can just like gently remove it. Like, Oh, mommy said, no, we don't put this in our mouth. Even though they don't understand all of those words, they, you know, they're still kind of sensing that you're not, it's, it's a no, you know what I'm saying? The tone. Yeah. The tone, the tone, exactly. The tone. So, so it kind of just, as you get older, you'll just kind of fall into, you'll, you'll just know, like, you know, you'll just kind of understand like, okay, this is a no, no. And they will start to know too. That's the thing. They will start to understand your own communication cues. So just as they're working on communicating with you, you have to learn and be intentional on how you communicate with them, you know? So Mm -hmm. it's okay to say no to your baby. No is not a horrible word. Okay. (laughs) Let me put it out there. Yeah. No is not a horrible word. Word building, um, setting boundaries is not horrible. And the best time to start is when they are an infant, because before you know it, when they're crawling and walking and they're able to kind of explore a little bit on their own, you're going to notice that you're saying no a lot 
mm-hmm. often. But what I do try to like remind parents is sometimes instead of just saying no, try to switch it with something that they can do. Start like, you know, getting them used to like, okay, mommy said no to chewing on this, but you can't chew on your chewing toy. Mm. If you see them chewing, you know, if you see that they're just like chewing on a whole bunch of things they're not supposed to be chewing on, you would know that, okay, she's probably teething. She probably just needs something in her mouth, which is normal for most infants, you know? That's a good, that's a good way to go about it and to think about, okay, you want to bite on this cable? Okay, let me get you something else to bite on. And maybe I know sometimes I find myself doing that maybe 10 times, but maybe it'll stick once. The thing that I like about your approach is it feels like you're not so strict on what's the right way and what's the wrong way, but what works for your child. And I think that that can be really, really hard because, you know, you read up on things and you see these different schools of thoughts, you know, Mm -hmm. with you should do baby led weaning and only baby led weaning. You should do purees and only, or just breastfeed or just just pump or just formula. And you have to pick one and that can be really hard. So do you have any advice or tips on how to navigate that? It seems like you believe that you can kind of pick, take what you want from each, right? Cause that's, that's challenging. Yes, I definitely think so. Like I, I have this mentality where it doesn't have to be all or nothing. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. first of all, there's a lot of parenting one-on-one advice, tips, blogs, like it's mm-hmm. overwhelming. Like it's, it's a lot. And I, I, sometimes I have to kind of like push all those things away because then I start second guessing myself or second guessing what my kid, my child needs, because I'm like reading all these things and, tr- and trying to make sure I'm implying all those things. And, you know, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. Like literally you can take or pick or choose what you want to expose your child to, what you want to teach your child. You know, you, you want to do gentle parenting or it's just so many different options out there. And I don't want moms to feel so overwhelmed. They're like, oh, I'm not doing enough. What's the best way to navigate it? Is it just trust your gut and get the information and then just kind of make your own decisions? It can be so yeah. hard. Yeah, I will say trust your gut. Like we all really do have that motherly instinct that just, you know, you might feel like you don't, but it's there. So you mm-hmm. can trust your gut, but also don't be afraid to ask for advice. You know, I even though I feel like some moms can be really hard on themselves on those Facebook groups. I still feel like that's the best place to get like experience or to ask for like, Oh, what do you guys think I should do? That's if you don't take what they say so close to your, you know, mm-hmm. don't take it so, so seriously, you know, not to say it's not a big, a big of a deal. It is, you know, it's your child. They are a big deal, but all these other extra things, it's just like sprinkles, you know, just, Just take it with the mindset that not your experience is going to be different than this mom. You know, Mm -hmm. this is what this mom did. Like, for example, we wanted to try diaper cloth. I bought Mm -hmm. so much diaper cloth. We were ready. (laughs) And ask me now if we're still using diaper cloth. No, because (laughs) it's so time consuming. I don't have time. I can barely have time to do regular laundry. Now you're telling me I have to wash a whole bunch of diapers. (laughs) I felt the same way about the putting your baby on a schedule. I mean, now my daughter's almost a year, but I felt like, you know, you see these other moms or sleep trainers saying, oh, the baby naps at this time and this time and this time and bedtime is at this time. But for me, it's my daughter doesn't do well with the schedule. And so Mm -hmm. I had to really tell myself, okay, this is what's best for your daughter. You need to take like, get, get the information 
you know, take yeah. it in, but then make your own decision. Yeah, that's definitely what you need to do. Like, it's, it's not going to work. If your baby is having a hard time eating real food, the purees are fine. I'm, at, you know, mm-hmm. Zoe's doing both. She's, you know, I'll introduce her a little bit sometimes to like banana or something. She can, you know, whatever. But then I'll like blend some purees for dinner. You know, mm-hmm. it, it it just doesn't have to be all or nothing. And it's the same thing with sleep too. I remember in the beginning, I was like, oh, we have to get her in a real sleep schedule. And sometimes, honestly, I let her sleep in. If I yeah. know she, she had, a, a little rough night I'll be like oh, okay I'll let her sleep in and I remember telling a mom that and then this other mom commented like oh well maybe that's why <laughs> they're having issues sleeping at night because you know you're waking them up too late in the morning I'm like I'm not gonna wake her up because I like to sleep in so yeah. if she likes to sleep in we're good <laughs> that's how <laughs> I think about it too like some nights I sleep a certain amount of hours. Some days I wake up at this time, some days that time. So I think the babies too, every day can be different. And I think also right when you get them in a routine, they're going to switch it up and go through a new developmental phase anyways. There's like moms like to say, there's going to be that leap. There's going to be that regression. You just got to follow their flow. You got to go with what's working for them. And if you see that it's working for them, then that's the way you guys have to go. No, I wish I had heard that before becoming a mom, or maybe I wouldn't have been ready to hear it. I don't know. (laughs) Yutande is working toward creating a children's book while running a website, social media, and an Etsy shop. And when mom life gets in the way, she reminds herself every step forward is valuable, no matter how small. My number one rule, I don't put a lot of stress on things or, you know, if I have a to-do list and on my to-do list, I only do only two or three things that's an accomplishment for me. You know, I just kind of take it easy on myself. If I can distribute other things to other people to help me do, I will do that as well, because Mm -hmm. let's be real. You cannot do it all within 24 hours. And the people who seem like they can do it all within 24 hours, well, that's because they have a lot of help. You know, they have a nanny, they have a cook, they have, you know, something that they're probably, you, you can't do it all. 24. Mm-hmm. I don't care what you say. You cannot. All of these things that I'm doing now, it's something that I've been working on since like 2019. So mm-hmm. it's not something that I started doing that I thought of like a month before and then boom, they're all just happening now. No. And, and sometimes I do get hard on myself like, oh, I'm not where I want to be because, you know, you know, but I'm just going to take this as my journey. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go on my own pace because it's always been really important for me to put my children first to make sure that, you know, um, I'm there, I'm present, but just take your time. You know, you're not on anyone else's schedule. It's not a rush. You know, um, you don't have to have it all figured out by 30 or by 40 or by you know, whatever. Just take your time. There's always going to be something new that you want to try. No, I think that's good to hear for a lot of people me included, who I want to go, go, go. I want everything to happen now. But I think that realizing that, you know, if you have a goal, identify that goal and think about what you want to do and just do it nice and slow. And when you get the time and the motivation, and I think that that's a good tip. I mean, obviously people have to work and and make money, but we're talking more about higher pursuits of, you know, starting a blog, writing a book, um, creative pursuits. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is. If you have something, whether it's a book, 
even a podcast, whatever, you can't rush into it. I feel like it's mm-hmm. it, it's going to take time. You might have to stop. You might need a pause. Life happens. Things mm-hmm. happen. You 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 have a baby. You you get married. You get just knowing like this is like a long term thing. If you kind of think of it as like a long term, and not just like oh okay, this is just like a short goal. I just got to be quick and boom 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 get it out there. But like a long term something, you know, it's going to take time. It's going to take experience. Sometimes you have to step away, do the work come back and stop thinking about like, oh, this person did a podcast and now this person has a million people. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that could be, a, th- that's what your overall goal is. But, you know, just focus on where you are right now. No, I think that's great. Focus on the long game. Kind of like what you're saying, look at the long game and work towards it, but enjoy the journey and live your life and enjoy it as you go. And don't compare so much. I wanted to end with a couple little fun questions. The first one is what would be like three items that you would put in a mom survival guide? What are your must haves as a mom? Okay. So for me, we started using the Stanley Thermos bottle. It's like this thermos that military (laughs) people use. I remember when I was watching like all the things that you need for a newborn on YouTube and TikTok and no one's mentioned this and I don't know why. Mm. Um, But it's great to just have like warm water just ready to go you don't have to worry about you know oh I have to boil it or I have to use my even like with the bottle machine I I didn't want to waste money on that you know Oh, so instead of a bottle warmer you just keep the warm water for a formula or a bottle or anything yeah yeah Mm -hmm. and the thermos is really large so you can fill up water there that will last like the whole day and that was great yeah it it was very easy especially having a c-section like you don't want to be getting up all the time Mm -hmm. just to have things around was very helpful and I also found like having like a a baby diaper caddy was really helpful. I didn't think I was going to use it, honestly. But then I was like, oh, you know, let's let's just try it. And now it follows us everywhere. When we go to the living room, when we go mm-hmm. to the room, when we go to the bathroom, it's just something you can pick up, take with you. It has all her, you know, all the things that she needs right there. And mm-hmm. of course, I also like the baby loungers. Um, you mm-hmm. don't have to get a DACA top because I know that's like the popular one. And there's cheaper ones out there that does the work just as great. No, yeah, those are yeah. three really, really good ones. And then I wanted to know what's a good resource? I mean, of course, your website and Instagram are great, which we'll remind people of, but where do you go for good resources, whether it's books or different accounts to follow? So I have a couple of like IG pages that I love, like Dr. Siggy, Parenting Fairly, Raise Good Kids. Usually when I, um, I like looking for like behavioral tips, pages. Those are the kind of pages that I like, or like different foods that you can feed your child. And of course, for me, I will always say Facebook groups, you know, like (laughs) I know some moms don't like when other moms give advice or Mm -hmm. unsolicited advice or whatever from different moms. But listen, when you're a mom, it just kind of comes with the territory. Another mother will say something, will correct you on something. It's just, it's just, that's just how it is, you know? So don't be afraid to use it. You know, I feel like if you keep in mind that you don't have to take their advice, it's just advice, you know, it can be a fun thing. Like I'm always asking, like you can just ask so many questions. They have great recommendations. Yeah, they're literally, (laughs) no, they're super helpful. I think it can be overwhelming, but if you go in there and you make your own decisions based upon what other moms say, it can be the best place to find information. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Awesome. It can be overwhelming. You're right. It can. But like I said, just take what you want to take and leave the rest alone. Great. Well, I think that covers everything. And so uh, on that note, I just want you to leave everyone with where they can find you and read all of your information and tips, your Instagram, your website, everything. Okay, great. So you can get more parenting tips all about your child's behavioral and learning skills on our IG, with this, which is underscore baby brightest. And you can also visit my website at www.yourbabybrightest.com. I also have an Etsy shop now where I just published a sight words activity worksheet, over 50 pages for kindergartners. It's a comprehensive activity book that helps your child work on their reading and comprehension skills, writing skills, and spelling. And I also share tips on how to help your kindergartner learn how to read. So definitely check it out. If your kid, you know, is in kindergarten, they can never get enough worksheet practice. Never, especially now, you know, that's an awesome thing to offer parents. So I think that you have such great perspective with babies and kids. And I think this is really valuable information. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It was such a joy talking to you. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions, concerns, or suggestions, I want to hear from you. Send me an email to momscallingpod at gmail.com. If you like the show, be sure to rate and review this podcast. See you next week for another episode of Mom's Calling on the Believe Network. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.